prayer is a major part of our walk with Christ and an integral part of our relationship with Him. As a new believer, prayer can be a bit intimidating. And as a mature believer, we can easily fall into the habit of coming to God with our laundry list of needs and wants and then forget about the other aspects of what our prayers should include and what they should be like. Or if you're like me, your mind wanders to the 85 other things that you happen to have on your mind at the time and you find yourself apologizing to God for losing focus. So how do we do this? How do we come to the Lord and not be intimidated? How do we stay focused while we're praying? Fortunately, Jesus himself gives us the example of how we are to pray and what our prayers are to look like. So join me as we take a look at this together. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Prayer, or our communication with God, is an essential part of our Christian life. We are told in Scripture that we do not have because we do not ask. And we are also told that we do not have because we do not ask in the right manner. Many new believers are unsure about how to come to the Lord in prayer. Do I have to be in a certain place and a certain position? What do I say? Can I really talk to God about everything and ask him for anything that I want? And then on the flip side, often mature believers become a bit complacent about prayer. We tend to maybe not spend quite so much time in prayer as we used to. There is sometimes that we come to the Lord with just our list of needs that we want or even bargaining with Him, saying, Lord, if you answer this prayer the way that I want you to, then I will do this thing or I will stop doing that thing. Well, in the book of Matthew, Jesus gives us our example for how to pray what not to do when we pray, what to do when we pray, and then what our prayers should include. At this point in Jesus's ministry, there's a multitude that is following him. And so he goes up to the top of the mountain and gives what is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, he teaches all who are listening how to follow God and what his ways are versus what was being taught at the time by the religious leaders. So we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and it says, 
And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. So if we go back and look at this, we can see a few things that we are told not to do when we pray. And the first one is in verse 5. It says, pray to be seen by others. And that's the thing that we don't want to do. It says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, they have their reward. There were those at the time that would pray earnestly in the synagogue or on the street corner, and not because they were, you know, really into praying or really seeking the Lord for what it is that they were searching for or the answers that they needed, but they were more concerned about appearing righteous to others. They wanted others to look at them and to praise them for their eloquent prayers. In today's society, we see some of the same things in our Bible studies, maybe our prayer meetings or other corporate prayer times. Those who appear to be praying more to be seen by others, to be heard by others that are around them, and less about what their petition to God is for. Not that praying in a group or corporate prayer is bad in any way, but what is your motive behind it when you begin to pray? Is it because you truly have a compassion for what is what you are bringing before the Lord in prayer? Or is it to seize an opportunity to show off your prayer skills and feeling a bit righteous in front of others? Being someone who was raised with the notion that it's all about me and how can I get other, other people to look at me, coupled with the fact that I do have the gift of speaking, praying publicly comes easy for me. So this is something that I have struggled with many times over the years. I am constantly doing a heart check during any corporate prayer time, asking the Lord, are you calling me to pray or am I just wanting to because I know I can and I want other people to see that I can? There is a flip side to this, and that is we have to be careful because the enemy will use this to keep us quiet and not pray. He will make us doubt our heart attitude and our intentions. So don't overthink it and don't stress about it. If this is something that you struggle with, then just do a quick heart check to determine if the Lord is prompting you to pray and then go from there. But like I said, don't stress about it. The next thing is that they have their reward, meaning that they don't really care about what they were praying about. They really just wanted other people to see them, and now they have, and so they have their reward, and God isn't going to answer their prayer. And then the next one is, do not use vain repetition. This is in verses 7 and 8 where he says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Do not be fooled into thinking that just because you repeat something over and over again in a certain way, or you have long, eloquent prayers, that God is going to hear you more, that He's going to put your request at the top of the list. 
or that if you don't say your prayers in just the right way, that God will not hear you and that he will not answer you. He is so much more concerned with what your heart attitude is, so much more than what your words are and what it is that you're saying. He knows your heart and the way that you feel. Please know that we certainly can come to him more than once with the same request. I mean, Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was being led to the cross. We certainly have that example there as well. And we have certainly known of people who have prayed for things years and years and years. And then in God's timing, he chose to answer them. So as he tells us in this verse, the father knows that what we need before we even ask him, he's omniscient. He knows everything about everyone. He knows everything about you, your deepest, darkest secrets, how you truly feel about things. So feel free to pour your heart out to him, to not worry about your words and what it is that you're going to say and if they're eloquent or messed up or whatever it is, or even if you just need to cry before the Lord. The Lord really is so much more interested in your heart than in your speech and that you are honest and open with him and don't try to keep secrets. So then in verse six, it starts to tell us what it is that we are to do. And it says, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Notice that it doesn't say if you pray, but it says when you pray. Regular communication with the Heavenly Father is expected, and it is a part of our walk with Christ. Think about any relationship that you have, whether it's your husband or your kids or friends or whatever the case may be. The less communication you have with them, then you're not as close to them. You don't know as much about them. They don't know as much about you. You don't know what's going on in their life at that time. That's how you build relationships is by communication. And so if you're looking to build a relationship with Jesus Christ, then prayer is where we need to start. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in a closet. Just that some place where you can maybe spend a few minutes alone. I know some ladies um, will pray in the bathroom because even in there, our kids will come knocking on the door, mom, you know, what's going on? And we have to tell them to go away for a little bit. But wherever it can be where you can spend a little bit of time, hopefully uninterrupted time with God. And if you can, you know, if you can do the whole prayer closet thing like they have in that The War Room movie, it's a wonderful movie if you haven't seen it. But if you can do the prayer closet where you can, you know, put your prayer request up on the wall and you can put answers to prayer on there, you can put scriptures on there and you have that space all to yourself to come to the Lord and pray and to have that focus then that's wonderful and that's great and that's a blessing for you. But not all of us can have that. And so if you don't have it, don't feel like you need it. But just have a quiet place where you can go and be alone with the Lord. And pray to your Father. God is mighty and He is powerful and He's majestic, but He is also our Abba Father. He loves us and he cares for us and he knows our needs and he is always listening. Our prayers are not a burden to him. He wants us to come to him. As a matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 5, where John is describing his vision of being in the throne room of heaven, he states, 
Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Those are your prayers and my prayers. In golden bowls of incense, they are the prayers of the saints. It's amazing to think about that and to think about how our prayers to the Lord are so precious to him that that's where they end up as they end up in these golden bowls. And it's just, it's an amazing thing to think of as far as I'm concerned. Well, then in verse nine, he instructs us in this manner, therefore pray. And he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So let's break this down as our example for how to pray. So it starts in the second part of verse 9. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, it shows us an intimacy that we have with God as our Abba Father, that he hears us, that he knows our needs, that he cares about us, like I just said. But the fact that he is our Father, the one who wraps his arms around us when we need it, the one who comforts us, the one who guides us and directs us, that is who we are praying to. And then our Father in heaven. When we come to the Lord in prayer, we are coming to the throne of grace. He is the Almighty God, the Creator, the Ruler, the one who is truly sovereign over all. And our hearts should be filled with a reverence and an awe as to who He is. And it says, hallowed be your name. Sometimes we lose sight of the majesty of God. I know I lose sight of the majesty of God. And to worship in all joy and praise and adoration for him that I can muster up. But that is what we should be doing because of his great love for us, because of his provision and his protection for us. Every breath that we have comes by the grace of God and his grace alone. So then in verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray and we are seeking God's will for our lives and for those that we are praying for, we truly need to be seeking his will and his perfect plan because he knows what's best for us. He has a future and a hope for us. He knows the future and he knows exactly what it is, what, what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. And he is sovereign over all. Jesus not only gives us this example here, but when he prayed to his father in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. This is also a great example that sometimes the father's will may be difficult for us at the time, but there is a greater purpose or there is something that we are to learn from this trial that we are going through, or this difficult circumstance that we are in that is going to draw us closer to the Lord and to make us become more like him. And we do that because of the challenges that we face. His will and his ways are not always easy. We know that for sure, but we also can trust in the fact that they are for our good and for his glory.
As we seek the Lord in prayer for direction and for guidance for our lives, we would also do good to seek His will and the guidance that He gives us in Scripture, to look through His Word and to see what it is that He says in handling our situation or how it is that He can help us to make a decision or what our next step might be. And then in verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread, not next week's, not the big thing that's happening, but our daily bread, not just for the big things in our lives and the things that we think that we can't control or that we can't take care of ourselves, but to daily come to him for our provisions and for our protection, for meeting those financial burdens that we have, for the struggles that we're having in our marriages or with our children, to come to him daily for whatever is needed for that day, our everyday concerns, we are to come to him and to lay them before his feet and be dependent on him to meet our needs. We are to come to him daily for all of our needs for that day and to only be concerned with the needs for that day and not worry about tomorrow. Sometimes it will be just all that you can do to get through another day, to have strength to deal with whatever situation that you are in for one more day. And I think that sometimes we're so busy, just we're praying for that difficulty to end. We're praying and looking to see how we can make it end and how we can change things. And we forget to pray for the daily strength and wisdom to have the endurance that we need to see it through. And then in verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God is omnipresent, so he is everywhere at the same time. He is omniscient, so he knows everything. There isn't anything that we can hide from him. He sees what is done in secret. He knows what your deepest thoughts are in your heart. He knows what your deepest concerns are and what you care about. Therefore, there's no reason for us not to come to him and confess our sins. He already knows about them. He already watched you do it. He knows it's there. He knows that it's in your heart. And when we don't come to him and we don't bear our burdens to him and tell him and confess our sins to him, then we are building this wedge between him and I, and we're hurting our relationship with him. This is the very reason that Jesus came to the cross and died, was to forgive you of your sins. So go to him Tell him what they are, no matter how terrible that you think that they might be, or how many times that you've done the same thing over and over and over again. God wants you to come to him. He wants you to confess your sins and to be forgiven and to be free from that bondage that that sin has over you. In turn, we are to forgive others. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago in episode 29 on how to forgive and how harboring unforgiveness in our hearts creates a wedge between us and God and hurts our relationship with him. And it also causes bitterness to grow in our hearts and to spill out to those who are around us. So we are to forgive others the way that Christ forgave us. And if you want more information on that, I will put a link to episode 29 in the show notes so that you can go and listen to it. But that is a part of what this prayer is, that God forgives our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
So then verse 13, it says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We can come to the father for help in guiding us away from our sinful desires and for protection from the enemy who we know in scripture seeks whom he may devour like a roaring lion. I mean, he is after us. In Matthew chapter 4, we read about Jesus and how he used scripture as his guide and for strength when being tempted by Satan, and we would do well to do the same. God is our protector from evil. Not that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. We know that there are things that happen, that tragedies come, life gets difficult, and we struggle at times. Our faith is tested by these trials that we go through because by them, we learn to trust in God and we learn to persevere. We know that it is all a part of God's plan and that he will see us through. And if Jesus himself is teaching us to go to the Father with our request, with what's on our heart and what burdens us, then we know that our Heavenly Father hears us and he desires to meet our needs. Because Jesus is not only telling us this is what we should do, but it's the same thing that he did as well. And then in verse 13, the latter part of it, it says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God is the one who reigns. He is the one who is full of power and full of glory. Where we are weak, he is strong. Where we try to do this life on our own strength, we will be met with difficulties and despair. But if we recognize our weaknesses, if we come to the Lord in prayer, then he gives us his power and his strength. He gives us his grace and his wisdom. And it is only through him that we can endure this evil world and have peace and joy in this life. And it is because of that power and glory that God has. So if you are struggling in your prayer life and you want to improve it, if you want to begin it, or if you just want to improve it, there is an acronym and it says ACTS, which helps us to be able to remember the aspects of prayer that I talked about today. And ACTS stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and supplication. So following this acronym is very helpful for a new believer in learning how to pray. And then also for the mature believer in getting out of that habit of giving that laundry list of what we need or what's on our mind at the time and to cultivate a true meaning relationship with the father. Because writing out our prayers also helps us to focus more clearly as we pray. I've created a journal based on this ACTS acronym. It's designed so that the user has a place to write their prayers down and to be able to stay focused, to be able to have a reminder of what their prayer should include, that it should include the adoration and confession of sin and then praying for what it is that we want. When we write out our prayers, we also have this diary, so to speak, of what we have asked God. We can go back and we can write what his answers are to our prayers. And then also some of those things that we've prayed for a long time and we're getting discouraged, or we know that we've prayed it, but we're trying to take it back and we're trying to do it on our own. We can go back and we can look at those prayers and say, nope, I've given this to the Lord or nope, I have asked God to forgive me of that sin. So Satan, you can get away from me because God has forgiven me. And this is just all the benefits and all the wonderful things of writing out our prayers will do for us. 
So in following this acronym, as we come to the Lord in prayer, in the same way that Jesus said, Our Father, hallowed be your name, we begin with adoration. Praising God for who he is, for his mighty power, and the amazing love, grace, and mercy that he shows us. In Psalms 99.9, it says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. My Sunday school teacher a while back taught on this very subject, and when he did, he recommended that when you start your prayers, that you begin with the names of God and what it is maybe that you need from the Lord. What kind of aspects do you need to be praying for that day? Maybe you are praying for somebody who is ill. So you need a God of healing and that great physician. Maybe you are praying to have wisdom and guidance. So you're needing God to be that wonderful counselor for you. Maybe you're needing an Abba Father. And so that's what you call him when you come to him in prayer. Oftentimes when I start to come to the Lord in prayer, now that I have learned this from my Sunday school teacher, then I come to him and I just start with all of those things, that he is my healer, he is a wonderful counselor, he is my heavenly father who loves me and cares for me, he is my provider, and and I can't help but smile as I think about all those things that God is to me, and I can't help but feel assured and just that, just his arms around me as I come to the Lord in peace. And no matter what is happening in my life, I just have that sense of peace as I do this. So then we move on to confession, to ask the Lord to forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. So as we've already talked about, God sees everything. He knows everything. There's nothing that you have done that you are hiding for him from him that he doesn't know about. So you might as well confess it. Get it out of the way and just get that block out between you and the Lord. And, you know, this is a lie that the enemy uses against us sometimes to say, oh no, you need to keep it secret. You need to not say anything about it. But it's because he wants to hold you in that bondage of sin. Don't let him do that. Confess it before the Lord. Obtain his mercy and his forgiveness and be free of it. In Proverbs 28, 13, it says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So next is thanksgiving. And this isn't necessarily represented in the Lord's prayer. However, we are told elsewhere in scripture to be thankful for all that God has done in our lives. In Psalm 104, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This helps us to remember all of the faithful things that God has done for us in the past, all of the times that he has answered prayer for us. It gives us a heart of gratitude by noting the blessings that God has given us and put in our lives, blessings of family or maybe a solid church family, how he has provided for us in the past, given us direction when we needed it and answered our prayers. And when we do this, this helps to increase our faith in whatever struggle that we're, that is happening right now. When we can recall and be thankful how God has been there for us in the past, it helps us to increase our faith and our walk with him and knowing that he's not going to let us down now. 
He's going to continue. And then last is supplication. To come to your heavenly father with all of your concerns, all of your needs, and yes, even your wants. In 1 John 5, 14 through 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If you recall in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus states, Thy will be done. As we pray for God to work in our lives or in the lives of others, we need to be praying ultimately that His will is done, not ours. That changes are made or things are done in His timing, not ours. We have a tendency to, we want it right now. We want to, we want to change that trial. We want to change our jobs. We want to change our circumstances with our husbands. Whatever it is, we want it right now. But that's not always what God's timing is. And we need to trust in Him and ask for His will and His timing and how our trials and our situations should be solved. We know that He loves us, that he wants what's best for us, that he has a perfect plan for our lives so that we know we can trust in our prayers and following his will is what is going to be best for us and his timing. Writing our prayers in our journal can help us in a variety of ways. And I went over a couple of them, but it can help us to have a deeper, more effective prayer life, to be more focused in our prayers and to build our relationship with the Father. It can help us as we pray, receive guidance from the Lord, and our faith will increase as we look at those things that we are thankful for. And it will help us in developing an attitude of your will be done, Lord, and not my will, and in waiting for his timing and not our own. So you can use this ACTS acronym um, in any journal that you may already have. If you have a blank journal, you can put it in there. Or as I said, I've created a journal that has a place for you to write out each one of these aspects in your daily prayer. It's easily available through Amazon. And so I'm going to put a link for you in the show notes so that you can be able to go directly to it if that's something that you're interested in. And it is just a great way to have a more focused prayer time and to help you build that relationship and faith in the Lord. I pray that this has helped you today and in knowing a little bit more about how to pray, what areas that maybe you need to improve on in your prayer time, and just have that deeper, more effective prayer life. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com 
for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.